Kirai, and you're listening to For the. Listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from Wow Dogs, and for the lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Welcome to For the Lord, this Roger coming to you on Monday, the 23rd of August for episode number 49. That's right, one more till the drug tank. And with me, same as usual, we've got Joe as well as Vince. How are you boys doing? Fantastic. Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. That's it. Apparently, you never complain. Oh, I complain quite a bit. You do? Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Anyways, this is, this is a terrible intro. But it's going to be better next week, dude. It will. It will be better oh, next God. week because there will be alcohol involved. Yeah. It, well, it, um, come on. The 50th episode? We still haven't done, decided what we're doing, folks. I know that's terrible, but we just... I And when I say we, I mean we. Um, no, let's try that again. When I say we, I mean me. <laughs> There's an outtake for you. <laughs> I have not decided yet because the boys are really aching for StarCraft 2 and that may very well be what we do. But I haven't quite decided yet. I've been so busy with everything else for the site that I have not had time to play really that much except for some wow that you know i got my my hunter to 80 and i had fun with that I, although i still haven't found the goddamn wolf spirit beast i it was so easy finding the other three this one Fuck here you. i cannot find the bastard he it's Seriously. like it's like oh look he's 80 now let's make it hard for him can't Screw find you. him anymore so I keep shuffling through all manner of pets now because it's like I the only way I can use my marksmanship build now because all my other dudes are either spirit beasts or my 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 core hound. So it's like I need a regular beast to be able to use my marksmanship. And so I just kind of shuffle through all manner. I've got a spider, the spider from um oh, dude. From from that goddamn rock. The um what's the name of that? The spider that's just out oh goddamn, has it been that long since I've been there? I can't remember the freaking zones. Um, the elite spider that's just outside of that village, the Alliance Village, and there's trees there, right by the. Uh, anyways, Going I got spiders. Yeah, well, okay, whatever. I got her. I got, <laughs> and I named it Morrigan, so that's kind of cool. So, and she's kind of fun. But uh, I, that's all I've been playing. So we haven't really decided on what we're doing for episode fifty. However, we do know that we've got a prize for you all, and. We actually have someone to thank for that prize. I never thought I'd say thanks to Hooks for, to. Anybody, yes. for anything, but we do. <laughs> My man Hooks has come through with a DLC promo code for Alan Wake for the single. So we are going to have a contest wherein someone will be able to win that DLC code, which is awesome. And we have to say thanks, Hoogs. We appreciate it. Now, this was Hoogs' idea. Hoogs decided that there would have to be a contest of sorts that someone would have to answer a question 
and it would have to be a question about a past episodes. So he decided that the question should be, and don't bother answering it now because you're not going to win. We're going to actually award it during the 50th episode. Okay. So I'll mm-hmm. explain how you can go about trying to win this. But the, 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 what he wants people to answer is what game was I referring to on the second episode when I was talking about my gold item? So that may mean that you have to go back and download it to listen. I'm hoping to hell that it's actually, I actually indicate in the outtakes which game I'm referring to. If not, you're going to have to piece it together and figure it out or ask somebody. And, um, but just so you know, it wasn't me. This was his idea. And what we're going to do is you have from now until next week, Monday, same time as we do it now, to if you want to enter this contest, you're going to be um, you're gonna um, blah, 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 blah. you're gonna add for the lore as a contact in your Skype. We're actually going to be taking calls from people on the fiftieth throughout the show for a variety of things, but also to give away this prize. So the first person that calls and gets it right is actually going to be the one to win. So we'll go with that. We'll have fun with it. There'll be liquor involved, so it's bound to have hilarity. So let's move on to the actual show now. We did get a lot of information as we were talking about during our regular games uh, podcast from Gamescom. Now, we were we ended that one off with Guild Wars 2, and we're actually going to talk a little bit more about Guild Wars 2 only in terms of, again, the, uh, the actual story and what we can expect lore-wise and whatnot. Did you guys get a chance to actually listen to any of that Q&A? I did not. I'll be honest. I, I I saw like three million links, and I was like, I'm just going to follow your lead on this one. Okay. I, I as much <laughs> as I want to listen to it all, I didn't get a chance to listen to it all. I listened to a bunch of it, and it was interesting because one of the things that I found fairly interesting from the get go when they started talking about how your personal story would be something that they would be able to influence throughout the game was how they would do that. And it's going to be somewhat of a phased um, instance where in you have your own home instance, they're calling it, for your personal story. So that choices that you're making throughout is then going to have an impact on like a lot of different things, some of them even being who is going to be living in your home instance. If you're saving certain villagers or whatever, some of them may live in your home village to represent, you know, that species, race, village, group, whatever kind of thing, which is very interesting. And then as you're talking to them, you're going to get a whole new level of depth in terms of uh, of discussions with them and, and quest texts and different things like that kind of thing. And then when they're talking about how the choices that they're, you're going to be making are going to have a huge impact. They're, they're making a point of presenting you with very difficult choices that are specifically to go towards your personal story. And, and one of the examples that they use, and they said, it's a spoiler, but it's worth noting. One of the examples is in one of the quests, you're going to have to decide whether an orf- whether to save an orphanage or a hospital. And they said, one way or another, one of them gets destroyed. So you have to decide which one it is. And then from that point on, in your home instance, there's either going to be some very sad orphans on the side of the road or a whole whack load of sick people kind of thing. So it, it's it's going to develop that 
that again, that home world instance where you're going to have a lot more immersion than you would have otherwise, like in a traditional MMO. And I just thought that was so goddamn amazing. Yeah, the, the more I think about this idea of the home instance, the more I really like it and because they're they're taking the the premise of Guild Wars one and turning it inside out because you had your cities and everything, which were communal areas. And then all of the wilderness and outdoor and combat areas were instanced. Well, now it looks like it's the other way around. All of the city areas are going to be instanced. And that's fine with me. I hate crowded cities, whereas the actual gameplay part of the world is where you're going to interact with the other players. And I love that concept. I don't know how much the cities are going to be instanced in that regard, though. Um, they showed some of the footage they showed was somebody actually going into a city and it was still kind of populated. I could be wrong. Those could have been I, I was almost positive they weren't NBCs, but I think that, I don't know, I think that it's going to be restricted to certain areas and whatnot, This the, the home instance, as opposed to being point blank all cities. Although, you know well, what, I could be wrong. Well, even giving me my own little sanctuary in the city makes me happy. I, I, yeah. I hate crowded cities. Yeah, no, it's it's essentially like giving you a, you know, player housing for just you yeah, kind exactly. of thing that this is your little area. This is your little chunk of our world. Enjoy. However you are playing the game is going to have an impact on what this is. So it'd be like your your wow hearth is your own little, you know, part of Dalaran or whatever. And then who hangs out around there or in there or whatever is based on how you've played the game. That's awesome. That, that is fantastic. I like the idea too because a lot of player housing is like the the buzzword now for all these these MMOs, right? You know, so a lot of people are starting to say we want housing, we want housing, we want our own little space. Hell, even City of Heroes gives you uh, super group housing at this point. Uh, you know, so you have your own little private part of the the game world that's yours. And I like the idea of having that little personal touch because. One of the biggest things that I noticed about Guild Wars 1 is there's a sort of distance between you and your character. Um, it, it You could be very immersive into it, but the way that the game was set up, it wasn't very – it wasn't too personal. And this is – I've tried all three uh, of the uh, the types of games there, the, the Shadowfall and, and all, the, all the expansions. And I still it couldn't shake that feeling. So I couldn't shake the feeling that it was it wasn't a personal adventure. I was just – this is what I do. I was death spank. You know, I was just doing it because that's what heroes do here. It's like everything you do has consequence and that consequence shapes the world around you, which makes the experience much more personal. And because you're the one making the decisions, it has a direct impact on the value you take from the game. So I think it's a fantastic idea. And I, I like that, that little, little subtle touches like that are what really draw people into a game. You may not realize it, but the game that has the soft hand, you know, and make sure that everything's there just just kind of at your periphery are usually the ones that draw you in now one of the other things that they talked about as well they were talking about the manifesto video that they put out and they were also talking they, a lot of information has been on their blog which i love to read again i i, mm -hmm. man, I love these guys i so do you know and i can't wait to play this game but one of the things that struck me when I played the first one, and you got to remember in its time kind of thing and what you could equate it to from other games and whatnot. But one of the things that I loved about the first one, and I mentioned this on the podcast before, was when you walked out of town, you didn't have to walk very far. And in the middle of a little lake was this freaking big drake. 
and you were killing. So there's this dragon for you to kill. I mean, he's not some massive 50 foot thing, but he was plenty big and it was right there. And it made you feel epic fighting this guy, even though you just got out of town. Okay. You still got your freaking shoelaces untied because you haven't learned to tie them. You're that young and you're fighting this massive dragon. And that's something that they're putting in this one as well. Now that's something that they talked about in the Q and A as well. And that they're talking about in this blog where, you know, as a lowly level one human, you're going out and part of the story is farting, uh, farting. Ha ha ha. There's another outtake fighting. Well, that'd be a hell of a fight. Eh? Um, it's fighting this monstrous earth elemental that is summoned by an enemy shaman. And it's like, oh my God, now that's part of a multiplayer event that they're talking about. So you're going to be doing it with a whole bunch of other people, which is again, bringing us to that concept of enjoying an epic battle with other people who are around you without feeling as though they're stealing your thunder kind of stuff. But I think that's awesome. Again, when you compare that to the kill 10 rats beginning quests or kill 10 spiders or whatever that you see in so many other games here, they're literally tossing you into the fray and it's sink or swim kind of thing i think that's it, it I've, I've always preferred that type of gameplay versus the slowly getting you used to because really who needs to get used to how to play an rpg or an mmo anymore and if you do seriously you there's players. there's a lot of other games that you can get you know you learn how to play a game you don't i don't i don't believe you need that anymore you don't need that mentality of let's ease them into this and then it gets epic later on no in this day of age of so many other games make it epic from the get-go well yeah it's as long as they can continue the pace though like i what uh part of guild wars was that with the big dragon outside because all i played was nightfall it was the first one the original yeah. yep. so the very first one so I mean, just hypothetically, after you fought that dragon, what was after that? Were you just going around killing bandits again and stuff like that? Yeah, you were killing a lot of other things, but there were there were still a lot of pockets of awesome that weren't right. that far apart. So as, lo as long as they can keep up the pace and you don't have these spikes in these valleys, I'm totally okay with it. But if you get like, oh, this was so awesome, and then, you know, 10 hours of you know, just normal again before you get to another really cool event. That's not good. But as long as they can maintain the pace. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I don't want to kill bunny rabbits anymore. But the, the thing is, is that maintaining the pace, a game still does require that up and down. What I'm referring sure. to is that slow arc upward. And even then, even once you get to the top kind of thing, you're still going to be um, having those peaks and valleys simply because it's not always going to be um, the, the the high epic end game stuff. So I don't have a problem with um, with there being these little peaks and valleys, but as long as they introduce that early on, where you're having epic stuff early on, and yeah, you're still going to have to do some of the go kill X amount of bandits or whatever, but then at the end, there's something epic again. So I, I kind of like that. I think that the, I much preferred Holy Christ, I gotta stop drinking this beer. Um, <laughs> seriously, between that and the fish, my God. Um, oh, yeah, it's not good. Not good. Um, but I much prefer the questing that I took part of in, in especially Nightfall, to a lot of other games because it was periodically you had these moments where you kind of step back and just kind of go marvel at the the scope of what it is that you're doing kind of thing and and i think that's phenomenal and you had that feeling 
from the beginning. So I think that we're seeing that now in this, where it's going to be a persistent world where other people are going to be able to take part in it with you without you having to, you know, try to find a healer or try to find five people who can work together or 10 or more, heaven forbid. And, uh, and I'm just freaking psyched about it. The vast majority of this game makes me happy. Uh, everything I'm hearing about it, it just really makes me warm and fuzzy. I think it'd be the best way to phrase it because I like a game that I can have my cake and eat it too. And it seems like we're starting to get that in guild wars too. So it's very, very easy to see why it got uh, so much praise so far. Like everybody that's gotten their hands on it has been very happy with it. So, yeah, well, it is was voted, as we said during the other podcast, the online game at uh, the best online game at Gamescom. And I can see why when you see the video with this freaking dude that I've got on the screen here, this dragon named the Shatterer and everybody is banding together to fight him. Oh, oh my God. It was, it was freaking awesome. I want to be that guy hitting on a toe and go back, back, back. I kill you. I kill you with my hammer. All right. Now, one of the other games that we we talked about as well was, of course, Dragon Age 2. Now, when we talked about it during our games podcast, we're talking more about the gameplay and what we can expect because of the huge changes. Let's now talk about what we're hearing about with the actual story behind this. Now, we kind of touched on this before because a lot of it is hearsay. So when we're hearing people who talk, who got to play it at Gamescom and they got to play the opening 15 minutes, there's an epic battle that goes on with Hawk and his sister Bethany, wherein every attack is just unbelievable and you're feeling like you could just take on the world and then a short while later there's a voice that says no 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 that's not how it happened and you get yanked out of that and then a different story takes place wherein it's the what one may assume is the real story before the wives tale got far too out of hand. big for its britches kind of thing so i made it clear that i'm not that fond of that kind of story wherein you can't rely on what it is that you're doing because it's being blown out of proportion and it may not be real kind of thing. And having read through this so far, as much as I'm excited for the game, and I may change my mind once I actually play it, but reading it right now, I, I actually stand by what I said. When I read that part where they're saying, no, 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 that's not how it happened. I'm going, oh, God, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> and I just, it what it does is it just lets the air out of your sails. And all of a sudden, it's like, you just, oh, Jesus. And I I really was not impressed. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, like I, I'm okay with it for this introductory scene. Like it, it gives the player the chance to experience the type of awesomeness they could potentially see farther down the road once Hawk finally does live up to his legend, theoretically. And for this one isolated part of the game, okay, it's a funny little little quirk. And like, all right, so it, it's a way to immediately let the player be aware of the way the story is being told. Now, if this becomes an ongoing theme of every time, you know, he gets to a new city or get, takes on a new boss or something that, oh, no, no, that's not how it, yeah, then it just becomes pointless and stupid. I, I still stand by my theory of 
only some of the game is going to be told through the flashback. Yes. Eventually, Hawk is going to catch up with his history, and it's going to stop being a story and then actually be the actual the events. So it, it it we'd have to wait and see. But for this one opening scene, I'm okay with the storytelling premise. I'm okay with it interspersed because if that's like the front part of the game or like you know kind of strewn about where you know these these two people are going ahead of you know hawk in his travels or whatever the case is and kind of spreading the word it, it makes me think of and you're all gonna laugh but desperado and it makes me think of steve buscemi's <laughs> character and where he's going from town to town spreading this legend and it's you know where it's just this guy with a bunch of guns that walks into town it's not this this superhero and while he's good he's not quite you know as as demonic as you know steve buscemi makes him sound to be and so all these people have this weird expectation of this character so I kind of like the idea of you as a as the player almost fighting against that. So, you know, these people are spreading these, you know, tales about you and you come across the town. Maybe they've already visited and everybody's like, you know, save my baby, cure this leprosy. And you're just like, I have a sword. You know, you know I don't know what you want from me. You know, and so you, you, it's it's kind of like that interesting contrast. And I think that's nice. Yeah, but what is so cool? It's 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 Not pulling the rug out. out from under your feet, though. I mean, if you look at the video that they put out, the trailer that they put out, where he is fighting that freaking dude and rips him in half with fire. Okay, fire hands come out <laughs> and rip a dude in half. Not just that, but the 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 the. I never thought a polearm was a sexy fighting weapon. It's a big stick. That's what she said. But you know what? It it was like. Yeah, who would use that when you can have this monstrous, gorgeous sword to use? This guy makes a polearm sexy in that trailer. It was but, awesome. And so you watch you that know. and you're feeling that it's like unbelievably cool. And then you're seeing the fire hands rip the dude in half. And, and you're thinking, here is an epic character that I'm going to have to play. Me, who has a boring ass job. Me, who sits in front of a computer all day. And has no epicness about him. You know, I'm going to get to play something that is so unbelievably epic that it's going to feel great. You know what I mean? So you get that and it's going to be one of those, pull the rug up. No, made you laugh. That's not true. That's not what happened. Well, and to me, that is is a it's an it's a neener neener mentality of script writing. You know, it's no, it's go one way or the other. But it also depends on if that is going to be gameplay because you don't know. I mean, the character could have these wild stories that are being told about him when he's just a man. But as he starts being thrust into these adventures, he does start gaining actual power and becomes that sort of epic character. You so, can't I mean, learn to rip somebody apart in half with fire. You're really? born with really? that. So, so you got to be born with that kind of fire. So there's never been a game where you've had to train a spell or, or learn an ability that use some epic thing like Earth. Not or that fire epic. from the sky never that's never happened anywhere fire hands ripping a dude apart that's got to be in him from the start is it any different is it any different than well, the stone fist that your your mages can cast in dragon age where it's a giant rock fist that flies through the goddamn air mages are all no. smoke and mirror and, and if, you, if you really look at the trailer it's not like he just manifests the hands. It looks like he's type tapping into some sort of demonic spirit from the fade. And it's showing the, you know, the possible dark path that Hawk can tread down. So it's not like you know, he this. is making the hands himself. 
there's yeah, like hands. The, if you look at it, the, the blood is the, the, the blood is glowing and molten in his skin. His eyes are, you know, red and vacuous. And it, it, the game could go either way. It has an awesome potential for a unique storytelling. And it has this 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 thing where, yes, it could very well be, you know, stories told by another another person. But did either of you guys play Liliana song for Dragon Age Origins? You know what? I still haven't actually. Okay, no, sorry. They, they did this. They did this where Liliana is re- retelling her story. She's the narrator, and you're playing through the narration, and it worked so phenomenally. You know, you get the you see the epiphany moment. You see the moment where she interacts with Andraste. Essentially, you know, you see these these epic chain of events, but you know she's telling it as okay, a bard. Yeah, but there's a difference there between she's telling oh. it and trying to tell it as close to possible in terms of what she believes oh, oh, feels oh, the no, the no, no, no. the, the, the truth to be, as opposed to this, which is a point blank. That's not how then it happened. I'm sorry, sir. Then you know nothing of bards. Bards oh no! I've stories. never yeah, written anything. I I have I'm no clue saying, about storytelling, <laughs> none whatsoever. I, I completely. You're right. You're absolutely right. I hope the sarcasm and disgust just oozed through the mic. So would this be a bad time to make a spoony bard joke? <laughs> But I rest by my, I stand by my point. Okay, it's just, it has the potential to be this awesome story, and the way they did it, it was this epic, over-the-top adventure that you don't know what was real and what wasn't, but it was still engrossing and fun, and it can still potentially be that here. It depends on what they decide to do with it. Oh, for sure, for sure. However, and and it's a personal preference of mine, or dispreference, or whatever the word is. Speaking of not knowing how to write, I I don't like that type of writing where in it's a major look and it's not true now i don't know do you, have either of you read whether or not um gator is actually working on this one as well uh, i'm not certain no i don't know okay see because that's something that he did at the end of the first novel as well where it was a show don't tell kind of thing and i had a huge problem with it and i'm wondering if he is involved in this one as well because that would be i i like him as a writer and i think he has he obviously is he's an amazing writer but there's aspects of different things that he'll take liberties with that i'm i not as comfortable with but again it's a personal preference now let's move on from there and actually talk about some more bioware news but just very briefly there oh. was a, oh we're not Sorry. done Sorry, no, real quick. He is involved in Dragon Age. Okay. I'd like to know just how much he is. I'm I'm going to try to contact him again. Mr. Gator, if you're listening, I tried to get you on the show before. I'm trying again. Um, It would be interesting to talk to him because, again, it is a a technique in writing that I know that there are actually a lot of writers that avoid it like the plague. And whether it works here or not, it'll be interesting to see. So let's move on now, if it's all right, to some other Bioware news. There was a video that they showed as well for Star Wars The Old Republic, where we got to see the the ship combat. And I don't know if you guys actually got to see this, because this was actually shown live, and I happened to be working at the time, and I saw the Twitter, so I tuned in to watch it. Of course, everything was in German, couldn't understand a damn thing, but I got to see the footage that they were showing, which was actually kind of cool, though really didn't look that in-depth, but just kind of looked like it might be fun. Well, there's only so much depth you can get out of a tunnel shooter, or at at its core, that's what it is, and as long as it's fun, it doesn't have to be deep. 
That's exactly what it is. That's exactly the impression I got out of the video. Yeah. So it, that's why I didn't want to spend too much time actually. Joe, what the hell are you doing? Seriously, what is that? Is that compressed I air? I have no clue what the hell you guys are talking about. Oh, well, since you can't hear it, it must be you. You'll hear it later. No, no, it's him because I can see his little bars going up and down <laughs> in the freaking conference call. All right. that's right. I'm, I'm so not editing all this crap out. Who cares? Uh, okay, let's move on from there to actually some Left for Dead news because we got word of the expansion that's going to be coming out. And it's going to be coming out both for the first one as well as the second one. And it's actually fairly cool because they're going to be using, this one's called uh, The Sacrifice. It's going to be out in October. And this is going to be tying in with um, the passing, and or hold on, yeah, do 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 do. Where am I yeah, looking at? Passing. Yeah, yeah, the passing. Yeah, wherein you're going to get to actually decide which member of the first team gets to die. Well, gets <laughs> will <laughs> die. Actually, when fighting zombies, yeah, you get to die. Um, <laughs> that's the prize. But uh, but this looks actually very very cool. It's going to be neat to see again a lot more with the two teams together kind of thing and then from then on if i'm not mistaken you're actually going to be able to play as any of them from the first and the second correct did you remember i believe they said something like that yeah Yeah. i think it's just cool that this is and i don't want to talk about it this is going to be free for pc users yeah (laughs) i love that So, but yeah, I think, I think, I think you can play as either of them. And I think it's an interesting story point because if you have a character you absolutely hate, congratulations, you get to kill him. If you love all the characters, oh, that's going to be juicy who you choose to kill. And they're going to be putting out some uh, comics, some digital comics for this as well to tell the story a little bit more in depth kind of thing. They're going to have a character that they're going to choose to knock off. um, But you're going to have the choice when you're playing of who is going to be the one to bite the bullet. It again, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and then it's going to be fun as well to be able to play any of the characters that you want throughout it should be a lot of fun uh other new news that we actually got to find out about which i thought this was freaking cool is that there's a new heroes of might and magic game that's going to be coming out only it's going to be called instead might and magic heroes why who knows and it's going to be what is it the sixth one i believe i think it's six something like yeah, that six yeah and see, I love the other ones. I haven't played them for a long time now, but I love them. And I love that we're seeing more of these, you know, more of a, a real-time strategy type of field game and whatnot. And the updates that they're doing in terms of the graphic and the gameplay, as well as the story behind this one, is really freaking cool with the kids that are vying for the throne and the different the different powers that they all have. It really looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I haven't played a Heroes and Might and Magic game in probably about 15 years. I think yeah. I had a demo of it on one of my first PCs when I was younger. <laughs> so uh, this this makes me think that it's about time to start playing them again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play I, the trailer here for the folks in the audience. Sorry, Joe. I'm going to play this while you're talking, actually. I, I just remember like some of my fondest gaming memories was of Heroes of Might and Magic. It's, there's some ridiculous you know fantasy combat action and and just scenarios back then and this is just shaping up to to look like it's going to fit in quite well with that and i want i I can't wait to get my hands on it i really i mean i'm excited for it i like these type of games and i really enjoyed the first ones but this looks like it's just going to be awesome yeah and again i'm i'm 
I see. I love turn-based and real-time strategy games. I love those things, and I don't think that we see enough really good epic ones. You know, with the exception of StarCraft Two, what's the yeah. last really epic real-time strategy game that you played? It's been a while. So I think that if they really push the envelope with this one and create something that you can really feel is is, is epic, that would be a lot of fun. Yes, civilization. Yes, I agree. Yes, but but I mean, I, I don't I don't think that Civ is really epic in nature. It's a lot of fun, but I've certainly not felt that it was epic. Then, then we'll go with Risk. Yeah. So, Age of Mythology. Um. All right, let's move on to another game that I know that you, Joe, are quite excited about as well, and that is, of course, Epic Mickey. Yes. Now, we got the trailer for this, the intro trailer. I'm going to play it and make sure to kill the sound right away for folks. And if nothing makes you want to turn your Wii on <laughs> like this, this looked freaking cool. I And again, I, I mean, I love Disney movies. I always have. And I grew up on watching Mickey and all that. But I... It, it's, it's never been a character that I thought I'm dying to play a Mickey game. This looks like a lot of fun. Stupid I, mouse can't keep his hands in his pockets. <laughs> hey, causing trouble hey, all the time. That's what he does. But I, I showed this trailer to my mom and uh, <laughs> her exact her exact response was, you're buying this game, you're bringing it over, you're, you're, we're playing this game. <laughs> Your <laughs> so mom that, rules. To, to have my mom this excited about a video game is ridiculous because she hates games. <laughs> but it just it looks like it's 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 so it's awesome. And look at the looking at the trailer here, you're starting to see this is Mickey when he just started. This is before the movies happened. This is when Mickey was just being born. And if you look at it, the character that he's being mischievous with is the wizard. And it's the wizard from Fantasia, you know, the one where Mickey was his apprentice. And what is he doing here? He's creating essentially Disneyland, Disneyland if you look at it yep. it's it's the Disneyland layout but it's it's the realm for all things forgotten you know and it's just it that sort of level of of sort of setup for the entire Disney empire essentially is just awesome you know and it just it, it, it's kind of cool too to see Mickey's the one that fucks everything up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey went in there. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. He summons some like demon from like another dimension. Completely f- tries to like you know erase it out and mixes the thinner and the 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 paint all over the world. Really jacks it up. Messes with the primal creation process here. And then later on, you know, he just kind of goes back to his life and tries to do what he's gonna do. You know, makes all of his movies and you know Steamboat Willie and all that good stuff. And and, and then you know then he has to fix his problem. <laughs> His problem's coming back to bite him in the ass, and he has to go fix it. And I think well, that's awesome. They really set it up well so that you want to play through the game because mm-hmm. they've set it up in such a way that, okay, he's being dragged into this world. Now you've seen the destruction kind of that that he kind of created in this blob monster did. But I'm dying to know what that world looks like when he goes in now. What does it, mm-hmm. how, how then are the paint thinners going to work and things like that based on the damage that he did? What does it look like kind of thing? And then I'm thinking about it in terms of are all the experiences that he, he'd had from that point till what would be present, say, through all the movies, 
is that how they're tying that in as little platform games kind of thing? So it really, really makes you want to dive into that world to see what it's going to be like. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better trailer. And, and you're right. And it just gets you so it's a perfect setup. It really is. And I mean, to have and it, it's accessible too. it's not just hardcore gamers that are going to love it. It's not just little kids that are going to love it. It's it's setting up so that so no matter what your walk of life is, there's going to be something for you here. You know, you're going to have levels that you love, levels that you hate. Uh, it's 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 awesome. And uh, Ginny makes a good point. I don't know if they're still going with one of the original concepts. I haven't heard anything about this. They originally had an idea is as you do, quote unquote, good, you become more good. You like you, you, the paragon versus the demon thing, um, you know, then you can do bad by like destroying things, you know, or and then as you destroy things, you became darker and more sinister looking. So I don't know if they're still going to do that, um, but we'll see. We'll see what they do, because I think it's I think it's just awesome i really is like it's i i want to play this game i want it now vince well uh just to follow up on what joe said like like i just put in the chat room like well last i heard from with the uh e3 footage i think it was that the the whole uh dark mickey thing i think was scrapped but the way they they made it seem at e3 with their uh, gameplay trailer was that if you're faced with an obstacle or a puzzle or whatever doing the quote-unquote bad thing would definitely be the easier of the two solutions you know it's better to just you know melt that guy's house than find a better way around but down the road you will have to face the consequence of hey that guy doesn't have a house anymore <laughs> so I don't, I don't think he'll be dark mickey per se but at, at because I don't know if that's really a, a smart move for a game that's going to attract a lot of kids. People don't want evil Mickey Mouse around their kids. Uh, but they they did it for Samus and Sonic. Samus and Sonic. Well, Sonic is. I don't want to talk about Sonic if it doesn't have to do with the Genesis or maybe the Dreamcast. But Samus isn't a, a kid's character. I, I don't consider it. But Mickey Mouse is a kid's character. So making Mickey evil might not be a very popular move oh, but please. at least anybody who's showing... got parents has had a two-year-old they know there's evil in them <laughs> <laughs> but but at least showing the consequences for his actions and then perhaps taking the easy way out earlier in the game will lead to more difficulties later on i think that's a solid approach all right enough of that let's move on to the next game that we are also looking forward to at least joe and i and that is the new dc universe we got a new trailer for that as well that showed off how the choices that you are making again going right back to choices is going to have an impact on your gameplay now what i took from this and then we'll go to you joe what i took from this it was very cool is one of the things that you had mentioned vince was that again you didn't want to be playing next to batman and superman you wanted to play as them and what i found very interesting about this is that if you choose to go the villain route however there's going to be parts where you are going up against those mm -hmm. big names so as opposed to feeling like a lowly superhero that's just hey guys hey guys can i hang around you are actually the one that they're coming after so if you can be epic enough to beat them kind of thing then you are the villain that defeated batman or superman i know they're not going to allow that per se but you know what i mean and i thought that that would give players then a whole new approach to like I think it would actually be more interesting to play as a villain that goes up against those those archetype heroes that we've grown and loved. 
one of the biggest things that I was looking forward to of all the announced content that they've had was the raid on Batman's Batcave. And it was players from the good side would be called in to aid Batman uh, and fight alongside him. But villains were being called to man the assault. So as a player, you could if you were playing from the evil side, you could be storming the Batcave and trying to take out Batman. And that in and of itself is just an epic event. And so I like the idea that there's going to be this this rise to power, you know, because let's face it. Half the time in the comic book, these villains, they define themselves of, of their moment of glory against whatever superpowers in their area, whether it's, you know, besting the Flash or, or taking out Superman or outsmarting Batman. That's what makes these characters m- memorable to us. You know, look, look at Hush. Hush by himself wasn't an overly intricate character. I mean, he was just a jaded psychopath, just like every other Batman villain. But he got the best of Batman. And as a result, everybody remembers who Hush is. This is the player's opportunity to do something like that to say i kicked the shit out of batman and made him retreat or i knocked superman to the far reaches of the galaxy or something along those lines at the same point it's 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 a reverse rewarding and all the hero games we've had up to up till now even as a villain when you defeated the 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 big guy at the end it was you know for the greater good or the greater evil you have a sense of personal victory in this these are established characters on both sides villains and heroes that you get to jack up and that <laughs> is awesome because i'll tell you one thing my villain i will damn well gun ho for one of those heroes it'll probably be the green lantern but you know, I'm I I can't wait to have that moment. It's got me it's got me excited because I will have a villain and at some point and I'm going to try to define myself by whatever good guy I can take down. <laughs> Bigger the better. Well, you see, I, I'm still interested in it and I really want to see how this plays out. But again, from a character perspective, it it seems a little off to me. Like, okay, I can Get on with the point where I could create a villain that could, you know, foil Batman or, you know, trip up the Flash. But, you know, if my villain character eventually wins the boss battle against Superman, that for me just doesn't seem right. Like, I don't care if if I'm a villain capable of taking down Superman. Why the hell am I working my way up from the bottom? (laughs) It just seems, again, from a character perspective, a bit off to me. I'm. Sure, it's going to be fun as hell. And if I can just turn my nerd off for a minute and just enjoy it, I'm sure it'll be really cool. It just seems like there's some weird it just doesn't click for me now playing as a hero and being able to take down Solomon Grundy or the Joker that fits for me because there's very few enemies in the game of a Superman level. Let's say, okay, there's doomsday in there. But again, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I kind of have a question lore wise on this. Maybe. I picked up on something you didn't or maybe I'm looking looking over a detail we saw in the awesome trailer a little while back that when the villains finally defeat the heroes, Earth is screwed. So if we know going into this game that if the villains triumph, Earth is screwed, what is my point for playing a villain? What is my motivation to wreak mayhem and havoc if I know that once I reach my goal, I'm done? Well, I think it's an oversimplification of it, honestly, because that's what the heroes think. We don't know if that's the truth or not. 
And it very well may be that a mastermind is is using the uh, the villains as a point to cause the end of the world. It's also possible that the villains are just trying to control the world. And that is what the, the heroes are referring to as, you know, Earth is fucked. You know, so it we don't know yet. They haven't really released too much about story wise, more about gameplay and choices. Now, I want to know what the story arc is going to be beyond what they've told us, the general plot points, which are, let's be honest, general plot points for any comic insert here. So the details are really going to be what what's going to set it off. But I think it has the potential to be a perfect example. Do you remember the uh, the Justice League and they're facing off against their counterparts, essentially? Their counterparts were, you know, didn't know that one of their members was going to try to destroy all universes. One I actually know what you're group. talking about. Yes. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> wow, Roger knows something. Awesome. No, yeah, but it's okay. a Justice League thing. I, I know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> I can be a but, comic nude too. Yes, but you take that into consideration. The villains might not necessarily know what's going on as well. So there may be this this epiphany later on in this this epic battle where the villains have defeated all the heroes, and now it's time for them to say, "Ah, oh, fuck it! Now we got to save the world! Damn it!" You know, and then go and like fight whatever huge thing it is. There's so many different ways it can go, but I don't think it's going to be that. Okay. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be more involved. I don't think it's going to be as simple as villains win, Earth blows up. It's a, when it comes down to this game, I know it's going to be fun. I know I'm going to play it. I just, at this point, I'm still having trouble connecting with the lore of the game. And I was starting to buy more and more into it with the hero side of things. I'm still very disjointed from the villain side of things. I, I still want to know more before I'm completely sold on the concept of the game. The thing that I'm taking from this as well is that when they're talking about the um, the the DC universe that they're using for the clean slate at the beginning, I'm going to start speaking way slower so that I stop saying things like comic nude. <laughs> I can only blame the liquor so long. Um, the thing that I'm taking from this is that the clean slate implies that there's going to be quite a bit of time that would pass from, if you're looking at that trailer, from when you're starting the game to when the events of that trailer would occur. Which means that there's a lot of room there for a variety of story arcs wherein your villain would not necessarily know that the end of the world is nigh kind of thing because it's not so nigh it's it's quite a few years down the line kind of thing so that's the impression that i'm getting from a villain standpoint that there's quite a bit of time where even if they were to take down or try to take down lex because he appears to be the mastermind behind the whole thing if they can work their way up till they're that omega level villain kind of thing and take him down then they wouldn't have to worry about the world ending kind of thing so i think that there's a lot of room for growth in terms of being able to write their way out of a corner kind of thing i think it's there yeah, it's a comic they can always wreck on it exactly true exactly like, it's, i i it, i'm not just dis dissing the game at all i i feel it has a good concept just for me personally i want to know more 
Okay, last thing we're going to talk about. We discussed a little bit uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. We got a little bit more information to wrap up the show with. And that is we got information for all of the advanced classes that was released. So we've got all of the advanced classes. Now, we talked about the ones for the Jedi. Um, was that last? That was last week, yeah. So now we've yep. got all the information for all of them. And there were actually a couple of surprises that I thought. Most notably, you can be a bounty hunter tank with a flamethrower oh yep oh that's awesome that's awesome if i'm gonna be a tank i want a flamethrower dude that was pretty freaking awesome well or how about the the stealthy smuggler healer yeah scoundrel healer yep which we know we knew about we knew that they said that they were going to do it, but stealth medicine as a as an archetype, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. With, I'm sorry, stealth medicine with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, a blaster <laughs> shotgun. And then your Sith Inquisitor is your healing class for um, Republic? What is it? What are they? Uh, the, 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 the Empire. The, the Empire. The sorry, Empire. Yeah, the Empire. Um, yeah, see, Sith Sorcerer, I'm, yeah. I'm a Star Wars nude. Um, so anyways, the... Uh, the, the Sith Inquisitor is going to be able to be the healer, which, again, we all like to say, like to be the, the, the healers, except for Vince. But now we're going to be able to be the ranged DPS and healer. But on top of that, by being that, you get the force lightning thing where you can make them succumb to your will when you're doing the, when you're talking to NPCs. That's too awesome, because I want that. I like the diversification here, and I like the fact that this also gives a breakdown of what each role is really meant to be, whether it's a melee DPS, a tank, and you can see there's two tanks per side. Um, there's uh, looks like one healer per side right yep. now. Yeah. Well, Which, no, because you have the uh, the the Jedi wizard and the the scoundrel, whereas I'm only seeing the Sith oh, you're sorcerer. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, so, so that's a, okay. So it's two to one. That's a, that's a little imbalanced. So they'll probably fix that. But you know, uh, there's there's some variety, um, but like there's there's a whole bunch going on here uh and it's also nice to see the the individual breakdown for the advanced classes and exactly like what cookies they get like you know the trooper commando uh gets his heavy blaster cannon and grenades so he can blow the fuck up something you know whereas the vanguard gets his defensive shields his, his standard rifle and you know is made to take some punishment at range while his buddy's getting the into to folk you know into the focus group or the focus area so they can focus their fire or whatever but it's it, it, the scoundrel really is what caught me that burst damage and healing that made me so friggin happy because it's so nice to have a choice it's so nice to be able to say well i'm a healer i'm a healer i'm a healer take a shotgun to the face take it take it you know <laughs> Uh, I'm really liking the uh, the Imperial agent. That seems like a nice uh, diversification there, how you have the stealthy one with his rifle and his energy blade, which can't not be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or you can have your you can have your long range. Sniper. You don't so, don't uh, even that, have that, that a picture nice. for it. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that can't not be awesome. He's got his own pocket lightsaber, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, we need to see more. We need to see just how different the gameplay is for each. But even just looking at what they're offering up, I'm seeing the diversity in groups. I'm seeing what it's going to mean when you're groomed up with people and how it's going to be different than what we've seen so far in, in you know, the game so far. And I, I don't know, I'm kind of excited. And I love that I'm going to be able to be you know, a healer or DPS with a class. Now, granted, what they haven't told us is whether or not that will involve 
multiple talent trees within each because they they hinted at that as well, meaning that you'll have to spec for it. Case in point, like wow, if that's the case, then you'll still be pigeon toed into one or the other. That's a little frightening. Yeah, what what I'm really liking with that diversification is again comparing it to wow. If you're a ranged DPS in WoW, it, it's not that different. A mage is not that different from a hunter, which is not that different from a warlock, which is not that different from an elemental shaman. It's the same right basic now, yeah. concepts, even though the, they're, 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 sim, they're slightly different. But in this one, when you're looking at, am I shooting missiles or force lightning or, or do I have a sniper rifle? It seems like at this early stage, even within the same roles, there's going to be a lot of diversification. All right, with that, we're actually going to wrap up the show. Thank you all for joining us. I will try to have the episode out for you tomorrow. And then next week, of course, is our drunk tank. Of course, I was practicing this episode just for you all, just so that you have a you know a preview of what to expect next week. Oh, the joy. Uh, we haven't quite decided what we're going to do for the episode next week. However, we will be taking call-ins. So like I said, if you'd like to call in, make sure to add For the Lore as a contact in Skype so that you can give us a shot. Make sure that you have a headset mic that doesn't sound like ass. And with that, we're going to talk to you guys next week. This is Kirby with the Handheld Minute with a little bit of news for Windows 7 Phone. Recently, Microsoft announced that they will be porting Xbox Live to the Windows 7 Phone platform. With this announcement, they include a list of launch titles, including Castlevania, Halo, Star Wars, Crackdown, and Guitar Hero. This is just five of the titles being released at launch. Early reviews, which include unfinished hardware and software, indicates that games run clean with intensive 3D sequences, although load times are being reported as long. And since Windows 7 phone devices, like Android devices, have hardware keyboards, developers will be able to utilize either the hardware or touch screen for their games. At release, multiplayer games will be limited to turn-based games. Microsoft advised that real-time multiplayer is on the roadmap. For Xbox Live users, your avatar will be imported and fully integrated into this platform. These avatars are also full featured into the familiar phone utilities like flashlights. Some of the apps and games will also include your avatar. Microsoft is aiming for a full Xbox Live experience on Windows 7 Phone. If you are looking to get a Windows 7 Phone and whether or not you have an Xbox Live account, this will give you a lot more games to play on your Windows 7 Phone platform. So this is a pretty big win for you guys, yay! If you have an Android or an iPhone, you'll see a little reason to go out of your way to get this at release. I haven't used a Windows Mobile OS since my Dell Axiom, which was around 2003. But Windows 7 Phone is a new version, and time will only tell if Microsoft does well with this version. Right now, it looks like the first Windows 7 phones will be out later this year. We'll likely see the Xbox Live platform either at or shortly after release. So if you need a phone later this year, this perhaps is an option for you. This has been Kirby with the Handheld Minute. Good day.
Everybody was kung fu fighting. No, that's not what I got. I got, I got, I got stones. I don't need stones. Make it wispy or, or, or you or need stones or, or windy, wind filled or, or, you know, show a picture of Rogers. One thing you it, need, you know, one, stones. Or, one or another. <laughs> oh, dude, what the crap? Apparently language wasn't in the show notes. Learn to speak wasn't in there. I, otherwise, maybe I would have done a little refresher course. I would have practiced. I would have done something. <laughs> I, I, I still I still need to figure out what exactly hypocrite is. Shut up. I, I, that one, I didn't say that. I said hypocrite. Shut up. No, no you I said heard hypocrite. Oh, man. Yes, you did. That was ridiculous. That was, I don't, what the hell happened? It wasn't that beer bad. And oh. Beer and fish taking over. Oh, that was. Yeah, <laughs> well, those belches were not good, dude. Seriously, that was bad. And then you have Vince dying in the background, no mute button or anything like that. I, I don't, I don't have one built into my headset, and I couldn't click over to Skype to mute. Yeah, God, that was it's just like terrible. Just get it as far away from my face as possible. Try to cover it up. Freaking bunch of noobs. Nudes, we're nudes. 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 Oh my God, oh, that's a scary thought. That was just oh. There's a whole lot of hair going on there. That's like it can't be pretty. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) 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 His damn gonna go vomit now. I loved how two thirds of our audience is disgusted by the thought of us naked. (laughs) I made the comment that it's like I got drunk in a brothel with a broken shower. Giggled. Speechless the entire freaking episode. Didn't say anything. Yeah, I have that effect on women. Hey, well, it's kind of hard to say anything when your partner is out in the middle of nowhere not knowing where the fuck he's going because he's too drunk to realize you could have taken the fucking orb. (laughs) (laughs) My my, my shiny moment, people. Oh, no, it was not. No, it was not. People. People. See, it's not just me. Oh, that's going in the outtakes. There you go. (laughs) Roger's like, I have been redeemed. No, you're not. Yes, no. I'm gonna put a quack noise every time I screwed up something. <laughs> like the episode with what's her name? <laughs> oh, Tart, be quiet! You had your moment in the sun and you blew it. That's what she said. There's yeah. a reason why Joe's so happy. <laughs> <laughs>